Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, half, back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue 42. Usually we welcome you in, Bump, but you've got a running start today. You feel like you're primed and ready to go, right? Hey, I just got done with the warm-up lines. Boom, hit jumpers from the elbow. Let's get it. Tom Brady says he struggled to learn the new playbook last year with the Bucks. Does that make what he and the Bucks ultimately did even more impressive? Most definitely. 20 years in the same offense or a similar offense. I'm sure he's had a couple coordinators in his day. But 20 years in the same offense. And now you're asked to learn a new language. Football is football. A post is a post. An Allen's an out. A power is a power. But it's all about how you're calling the plays. And then how are you relaying it to your teammates? When I play football, I can tell when a quarterback was nervous, when he's stuttering through the plays, and he's not confident. I'm like, ah, dang. All right, we got to make some plays for this guy and settle him down. Granted, that's Tom Brady. I'm sure if he stumbled on anything, these guys were still, still confident. Like, this is Tom Brady. I remember Tom Brady going to the line of scrimmage and looking at his play card on his wrist like three or four times before a play and thinking, man, he's just not comfortable. So for this guy to teach an old dog new tricks, I think is impressive. He's already 40-something years old, leading the team to the Super Bowl and winning it. And now he has to learn a new offense. And I remember watching him earlier in the season and thinking, he's not comfortable. Like There was a couple of interceptions he threw where he was just way off. And early in the season, I'm like, there's no way they're doing anything. You know, I, I wasn't a believer. And then you get to around like week eight, nine, ten. He puts together a couple 300-yard passing games. You're like, he's starting to get it. He's starting to understand it. So, yes, I think it makes the win that much more impressive. If people are going to knock Tom Brady and say, well, he's the GOAT. He's supposed to pick up an offense. Yeah, he's supposed to, but you try it. You, you speak a language for 20 years and then have to switch it up. What's When he signed with Tampa Bay, I was surprised because I didn't necessarily think Bruce Arians' offense was was a fit for him. He was he was older. I've always thought of Bruce Arians as a guy who likes to throw it deep. That's a big part of the game. I've never thought that that, and especially in his 40s, that that was going to be Tom Brady's forte. And, and then when he said, well, I guess they're just going to run whatever Tom tells him to run, that he's going to be the de facto offensive coordinator, kind of like Peyton Manning was in Denver, right? Like Peyton yeah. Manning when he went, yeah, they signed him, but they, they just ran what Peyton told him he wanted to run. It kind of seems like in Tampa Bay that Tom Tom did run Bruce Arians' offense. Yeah, he did. And I wonder what the conversation was like. Did Tom Brady come to the table and say, look, this is what I'd like to do? And Arians was like, nah, this is what we're doing. But it makes sense because Tampa Bay, even though they had Jameis Winston as their quarterback the year before, they were still explosive on offense. They still have receivers making plays. Jameis Winston still threw for 5,000 yards. So it makes sense for Tom to come in and kind of learn their language. When I I was the head coach at Monroe, when I came in after the guy before me, the team already knew in offense I learned their language because I'm like, look, I'm not going to ask 100 kids to learn a new language. Let's just keep the party rolling. That's what happened there. And that just shows again, man, the legend of Tom Tom Brady grows. He takes pay cuts. Granted, wifey makes a lot of money, so he's comfy. Then he comes in, and instead of saying, look, this is what we're doing, he learns their offense and takes us to a Super Bowl and wins. The legend grows, Tom Brady. Question two. Which rookie quarterback? We had, what, five went in the first 15 picks? Yeah. 
Which one of those guys is going to have the most success his rookie year? So I think Trey Lance will eventually be the starter there. I don't think he'll week one. He won't be the starter. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy from week one. Yes. He's not even going to practice in mini camp. He might even practice in training camp. He's going to show up and do his thing. Those guys have more talent. But I think Mac Jones is set up right now to have the most success when it comes to the team. He might not have the numbers that maybe Trevor Lawrence has because he's going to get a lot of opportunities to throw the football. But Mac Jones isn't asked to save a franchise right now. He can just be a game manager. They've set him up. they got a lot of guys coming back uh, from the team last year that didn't participate because of COVID. They've lined him up with a couple receivers. You have Bourne Angler over there. Now, not the greatest receivers, but we all we already know what Tom Brady did with average receivers. I think Mac Jones is going to have the best year. I don't, and the best year to me means like his team is going to do the best. I think the 49ers have a chance, but I look at what they're going to ask Mac Jones to do. It's not going to be a whole lot. So I think Trevor Lawrence might have the best year as far as numbers. He might throw the most touchdowns, the most yards. He's going to get a lot of opportunity there. But Mac Jones is set up to where, look, son, you just come in, go through your reach, throw this speed out, we'll be fine. You, you, you come in, throw this, this bomb on third and 15 every now and then, we'll be fine. They're not going to ask him to be the savior. And then again, he has to beat out Cam Newton, which, unfortunately, I think he's going to do. You've got two teams, the first two quarterbacks that went off the board, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville and Zach Wilson to the Jets, where I'd be shocked if either one of them is not starting week one. I expect both to be the starters immediately. But nobody expects those teams to win right away. Like, if those teams go 4-12, and 12, there's going to be nobody that's like, oh my gosh, what a huge and utter abomination and disappointment. They're rebuilding teams. Trey Lance probably isn't going to play right away. Might have the most long-term pressure, but we'll see. When, when he gets out there and plays. Justin Fields is in a tough spot. Yeah, he is. He's probably going to play sooner than, than, than maybe, I mean, because he's got Dalton in front of him, and most likely he's going to end up being. And if they don't win, the coach and GM are going to get fired. So I feel I feel like he's probably in the toughest spot. Yeah, I think he is in the toughest spot. And 425 says, Mac Jones won't see the field this year. If Cam Newton plays like he did last year, anything like it, he's going to see the field. Yeah. I mean, it's Cam Newton is on his last leg. If if they weren't able to move up and get Mac Jones, he probably would be the starter. But they got Mac Jones for a reason. I love Cam Newton. Was a great player at some point. But I think he's done, Danny. I I just don't think he, he can carry a team right now. So why not turn the page? And get your young guy in there early. As soon as there's any doubt in Cam Newton, he is gone. That could happen in training camp. Yeah. I, I feel the exact same way. And I like Cam Newton. I, I think that yeah. people have not given him the credit that, that he's, I mean, as an MVP and someone who led a team to a Super Bowl, like he's had an incredible career. But what it looked like last year was that that was, that, that he's a husk. Once, when, when he played against the Seahawks, I was like, he's back. Like yeah. that's what it looks but he just broke down physically. I just I think he's physically can't do it anymore. He's beat up. You know how many times they ask that dude to go over the top of the O line on goal line and, and use his size. When you're young, it's all good, man. You hit those thirties, starts to hurt a bit more. They didn't care if he how much he got hit because they're like, nope. he's so big, he can take it. And man, it took him if I'm Lamar Jackson, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm very careful about how Baltimore uses me. Mm-hmm. Because you see that teams are more willing 
they don't treat mobile quarterbacks the same way they do the pocket passers of like, we have to do everything we can to protect him so they can play for us into their 40s. Uh, Carolina was like, hey, we think he's cooked. We're turning the page on him. It's almost like they treat him like running backs. You got three yeah. or four, four good years in them, and then they're done. Question three. So this is my pet question. We always, when we talk about football players and being the best athletes, it usually turns to basketball. Which which football players are the best basketball players? The yeah. best two sport athletes that we've seen, though, have been baseball football players. Which football players make the best baseball players? Which football players? So you, let's talk about this. So baseball players, you got to have hand hand eye coordination. Yes. Uh, defensively, you got to have some some twitch, some quick hips. Uh, initially, when I think of the best baseball players, or my favorite, I think of shortstops. They get a lot of action, yes. right? I think of yes. center fielders as well because they get a lot of action. Cover a ton of ground. Yeah. So if I'm looking at the shortstop spot, I want to go DB because they're used to reacting to the ball, right? Getting those hips, yeah. boom, boom. But, but most DBs play DBs because they can't catch. So, <laughs> but... You gotta you gotta be able to have hand eye coordination and catch the rock. <laughs> so you know what position I'm going to. We got the best hips out there, the best hand eye coordination. We're the fastest guys on the field. The bars, baby. Receivers make the best baseball players. But then we go back to it. Deion Sanders is what a DB. He was two way. Bo Jackson yep. running back. So maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not because I'm right. Receivers all day. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, Brian Jordan had a really good baseball football career he was a safety with the falcons and then he had he might even made an all-star game with the st louis cardinals he was a a really good two-way player lawyer malloy underrated baseball player yeah he was a great baseball player as drafted by the cleveland indians i believe when he was when he was still at uw i've always loved it's such a fun thing and i know why we don't see it anymore and and i and i get it being being professional at one sport takes so much, and the idea that you could do two simultaneously, but man, that was such a fun thing. I mean, Bo Jackson was such a phenomenon. That yeah. was unbelievable what he did. I remember reading a Sports Illustrated story that was like the best baseball player you'll never see. It was like, Bo's incredible, but he's such a good football player, he'll never play baseball. And then he chose to play baseball because he was so mad at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ugh. Yeah, first I- baseball... I think that those type of players are out there, but kids are specializing so young now. Like I, I know nine, ten-year-olds who are I'm only playing this sport, so they're not allowed to develop. It's just kind of where our culture is going, where those guys, man, high school sports, they played every season. They played a sport. There was no time off. Um, granted, it was tougher on their bodies, but these young guys are being asked to specialize a lot early. I think there are guys out there. Look at uh, just Otani. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not a two-sport player, but, man, do pitches and go out to the outfield. Yes. I mean, and I posed a question on Twitter. They're like, well, it's just so hard for these guys to be great at two things. It is hard, but we're limiting these guys. Let them do everything. There's no reason for a 10-year-old to say, I'm only a pitcher. I'm only going to pitch. That's all I'm going to do. Man, let these kids develop. It is Blue 42. Michael Bump is with us on Wednesdays and Fridays. He's with us for the whole show today, filling in for Paul Gallant. 